Before we get started with this week's episode of the always pressing PGA DFS podcast, a couple things I'd like to talk to you about. First, I hope everybody had a happy holidays and are going to have a happy new year. And thanks for being loyal listeners to the always pressing PGA DFS podcast. Myself and Jesse, much, much appreciate it. If you can give us a rating and review on iTunes, we'd appreciate that even more. But just listening means the world to us. So thank you very, very much. I hope you guys had a great holiday season. Now that the PGA Tour is back, let me talk to you about a couple things. First, the Junkies League contest again running this year. I finished top five last year, going for the crown. So come join us. It's $50 season-long DraftKings League. There's a free contest each week. There's a $3 contest each week. If you want to win some more cash, you do that. Otherwise, you get the $0 one. The $50 goes to end-of-season payouts, in-season payouts, tough event histories, all kinds of stuff. Go check them out on Twitter at Junkies Contest. There's all the links to that there. Or go ask Jesse at DFS Golf Gods or ask Kevin at Kevin's Delight. They have all the questions for you. You have to get in by Wednesday evening so we can get the tournament set up before the Century tees off on Thursday. But come check us out. The Junkies Contest is so much fun. Lots and lots of fun. Season-long DraftKings PGA keeps you going every week, keeps you in touch with golf. Lots and lots of fun. Also, if you do like playing daily fantasy sports and you, you like DraftKings and you want to try something new and you haven't tried out Draft yet, go check it out. Draft.com, Draft in your app store. Phenomenal way to play fantasy sports. You don't have to worry about ownerships like you do in DraftKings and others as you're the only guy that gets them because they do snake-style drafts just the way you like to do them in your season-long fantasy leagues. They do them for golf. They also have auction leagues. So much fun. If you like more than just golf, they have hockey, basketball, baseball, football. They're about to start up NFL playoff best ball leagues. They have NBA best balls. Tons and tons of fun. And if you're new to Draft, Go to draft.com, draft in your app store, deposit, and use promo code SD as in dog sports, SD sports, for a free $3 entry into any tournament of your choice, any regular weekly golf or any other sport, or go to the best balls, free $3 entry with code SD sports. With all that being said, welcome to the always pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 Century Tournament of Champions. Play. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Kicking off the 2019 PGA Tour season, previewing the Century Tournament of Champions. You can find me on Twitter at BDentric and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, man? I'm doing well, dude. A happy New Year to you, and your family, Bubba, and happy New Year to all our uh, listeners and, and followers out there. We appreciate your all support, and uh, we're ready to keep it moving in 2019. You as well, my friend. Uh, happy New Year's, and I hope you had a happy holiday season. It's been nice to have a little break. We had our little podcast in there for previews and your boy Chaney and all that fun stuff, but it was nice to have, you know, a couple weeks or whatever to kind of just decompress. You know, we still text each other and have fun, but it, it was nice just to kind of let it go for a little bit. Yeah, it is, man. I mean, golf's a grind. I mean, we're basically getting ready to get into, like, what, 35 straight weeks or so of golf. I mean, it's not going to be over with until until really August the schedule's changed around. I'm not sure 100% on the schedule, but either way, we're going to be grinding for, for the next eight eight to nine months. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff coming out at the Sports DGens like we did last year. You guys like the golf content quite a bit, so we'll keep that rolling. But most importantly, we'll keep this podcast going for each and every week there is an event and hopefully sneak in some uh, fun stuff here and there, however it, uh, it comes to be. But uh, we want to thank you all you guys for listening and the rating and review, all that good stuff. 
But let's get into it. We can real briefly. It happened a few weeks ago, but we can touch on it if you'd like, Jesse. I don't have too much to say about it, except John Rahm actually showed up in the event with some big boys. But uh, he takes down the Hero Challenge. Uh, anything else you have from that event? Our boy Tony was second. Uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, Rahm, he won by four shots. And uh, we'll get into a little bit here more, but uh, I think that's going to put him into some big-time chalk territory this week. Yep, I'm with you there. We'll definitely get into that because there are a, a couple guys that are going to be quite quite chalky because, as folks may should know if you listen to this long enough, but if you're new, welcome. It's a 34-man field this week. And as Justin and I were talking about it beforehand, as happy as we are to have golf back, if you've listened to this long enough, you know we do not like these small no-cut events. Like that's A 70-man no-cut event is bad enough. 34, this gets a little rough. Yes, it's better than the hero, but not quite the same. For those that d- uh, don't know, there were 37 winners last year, but Justin Rose, Phil Mickelson, and one guy named Tiger Woods will not be playing this week. So 34 golfers, 10 people new to the field, which we'll talk about later. Before we get into all of that, though, Jesse, got some past event history for us? Well, going back, is, is Rose isn't playing? No, Rose, Woods, and Phil Mickelson are out. Oh, really? Because I'm still yes. showing them. Still showing oh, no, Rose. They all they should all be on DraftKings unless they got rid of some. But when they put the pricing out, it wasn't official till Friday that they were all out. Gotcha. So Rose WD then. Yep. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's that's good to know. Glad you mentioned that before I started touting Rose. Um, <laughs> yeah, past event history. Obviously, this is played in Hawaii. You have to win in the previous year in order to get in. That's the qualification. Um, so it's uh, the name has changed, but it's pretty much stayed at the same golf course, which I'm sure you'll get into here soon. It's Kapalua Resort. Uh, it's been there for a while. Um, last year, Dustin Johnson, he won by eight shots over John Rahm. The year before that, Justin Thomas started off his 2017 season, uh, but went by three shots over Hideki Matsuyama. Then he went on the next week to shoot 59 uh, at the next island over at the Sony Open and win that golf tournament as well. Uh, just, uh, Jordan Spieth was your 2016 champion by eight shots over Reed. Reed won it the year before in 2015 playoff over Jimmy Walker. Other past champions. DJ's won this, uh, you know, in the past 2013. ZJ has won here. Stricker's won here. Um, so just kind of most recent winners there. Yeah. No, you mentioned some names there. They're not all bombers because the plantation course at Kapalua where they will be playing is, it's wide open and there's so many elevation changes there that you can uh, like, there's been jokes on Twitter about Brant Sendikers and have 300 yard drives and stuff because you can bomb a ball. If people don't remember last year, he was on the 12th hole or DJ almost hit a hole in one on a par four. He missed it by like a foot mm-hmm. because between the wind, which is we're going to get into in a minute here and just the elevation changes and everything, you can just grip and rip it. Uh, Brooks Kepka has come out and already said it's great when you don't even have to think about where you're hitting it pretty much. You just tee it up and grip and rip because the fairways are massive. He's all, he, his joke is you have 100 yards of fairways. It's probably pretty close on some holes. Like They're not all, all that big, but they're rather large. Like You have room to miss left and right and still be just fine. Um, sure, there is trouble out there. There's no doubt about that. Some of the stuff's right on the, the ocean side and all kinds of other good things. But one of the big takeaways, lots and lots of elevation changes. Also, lots of slopes. There's really never a flat spot in the fairways. There'll be few, some, but a lot will be angled. So that's where, if you remember DJ shot again, he hits it on the, I guess it would be, if you're watching on TV, the right side of the fairway, and it hits a slope and kind of slopes down into the green. So lots of ways to go about this course. Um, a lot of different angles you can take, approaches you can take. The bottom line is you can bomb it, but you don't have to be a bomber to be successful because even if you're just a regular hitter like 
a, a Charles Howe the third who's done well at, at courses like this, or the ZJ that won the Stricker, you're still only like 120 to 140 yards out on most holes, so you're wedging it in. So that's something that's very, very nice. It's a par 73, but it's a weird par 73 because there's four par fives, but only three par threes. So um, those par fives, as you know, in a no-cut event, on a course that's very friendly to scoring, it's going to come into play. Par five scoring will be very, very important here. Um, other than that, you know, I'm not going to get into all the, all the details, but the greens are very large. They're POAs. They're very slow. Some of the slowest you'll see on tour, but they're massively undulating. A lot of comparisons that everything I read already is they compare the greens to Augusta. Like if you remember some of the holes at Augusta, you try to hit a green on a certain spot because it's going to slope so much. Um, the, one of the camera who it was now quoted it, they'd have a six-foot putt with a foot-and-a-half break. It was stuff that usually is just easy for these guys. You actually have to think a lot, but they're slow, so you can work with them, so on and so forth. But if you're a very good putter, you're going to do very, very good here. Uh, that's why Jason Day's done well here, because as tilting as Jason Day can be, it's usually getting to the green is the headache with Jason Day when he's off. On the green, he's one of the better putters in all the sport. And when DJ's torch this course is when his putter's been lights out. So if, if a guy comes in and puts well, he's going to put up a very, very good score here because, like I said, very hard to, to get in trouble at this course. Um, other than that, the biggest thing is you're on the ocean, like I said, so watch for the wind. It can vary from event to event. I'm, um, last week, PGA, PGA Channel, Golf Channel, had the final round on. It was windier than hell. But uh, these guys can bomb it and play with it. Dustin was hitting, like, low liner drivers. It was ridiculous. But it's already scheduled to be pretty windy this week. Uh, I believe it's Friday. It's going to be around 20 to 25 miles an hour. The weekend's going to be 15 to 20. So there'll be differing winds off and on the entire weekend, which will make the course interesting. But reports are already coming in from people that have been practicing last week down there. But even when it's windy, you, they're still going to shoot like 15, 16 under probably. So birdies will be there and, and very, very often. Uh, with all that being said, Jesse, what kind of key stats are you looking at this week? I mean, that's... <laughs> I, I want guys who can hit it far, um, but like you said before, we looked at those uh, the past winners, and it's not necessarily a key. I mean, a lot of this comes down to I really think you know just kind of what kind of work you've been doing the off season. Um, you know, that's the biggest issue with this golf tournament in general is we're coming off a layoff here for most of these guys. Now I know I know some of them played in the Bahamas a couple of weeks ago, but you still got another couple of weeks. You got changes in equipment going on this year too, and. So it's really difficult to narrow it down. But, I mean, if you're going to look at any stats for me um, in the past, and this year, again, I'll just look at greens and regulation, driving distance, um, some putting stats, and then, you know, birdie or better percentage because, obviously, this is typically a birdie fest. So you got to have guys who can who can, who can can traditionally score pretty well. Um, I'll look at those over more of a long-term type of deal than short-term because, again, you know, season really ended in September and most of them have not played a full schedule or maybe any golf since then. Yeah. Some of them might've played in Asia and that's about it. So right. they've been off for quite a while. Like you said, they're, you know, in years past guys that did play in the hero did play pretty well, but like you said, it's still a couple weeks off to me. It's more, what were you doing? Heck, if you follow JT on Snapchat, he's been playing golf almost every day. So I know it's not competitive golf, but still he's getting his swings and he's hacking. Uh, they said Rory's been there for like a week and just hitting ball after ball after ball on the range. And he's one of the 10 new players at this course. And in years past, this course, for some reason, if you haven't played it, it's really tricky. Like I had a buddy play it over the summer when he went there on vacation with his family. And he said it is deceiving because the elevation changes – you know, if you're not a big hitter, you see all this, like you have to cover a certain hole you tee off, you have to cover a big gap, and it looks like it, you have no chance. And then you hit it, next thing you know, you're like halfway down the fairway to the green because it's just 
it's so eye deceiving to you. Um, and that, that can be some adjusting for some of these guys, plus the wind, all that good stuff. But um, yeah, birdie or better, par five scoring. Bombers, I think, like you said, still do have an advantage because the closer you are, obviously, the better wedge you can put a, in a guy, a pro's hand, the better you're going to be. So a lot's like there. And then get that putting going and you'll, you'll be able to rock and roll. A uh, little fan share sports. Uh, we'll have more with these guys, hopefully, as the season goes on, as they're unveiling some new stuff. And I'm even trying to to get used to some of the new adjustments. We'll stick to some of the old things. Um, you know, I'm not going to go too much into – I usually do the three and six event history. I'll get rid of those this week because, again, it's been a while for some of these guys. But just looking on last year's event, your top scorers, you had BJ won it, you had John Rom, Leishman, Kazire, Billy Ho. JT, Bryson, Xander, and Brooks. Those are the guys that are still in this field this year. Um, and we look at birdies, you know, Justin or Dustin had 23 birdies and three eagles. So there's a lot you could do there. And Bryson still was a top 10 scorer last year. He had 21 birdies, no eagles, and 15 bogeys, but still got you 75 DraftKings points. So you want these birdies. And we emphasize it a lot, especially in no cuts events. It's going to be interesting this year. Uh, one thing. I do want to mention on this new fan share, and again, we'll get way more into it once we figure out all the details to it, but they're having a lot of new things, like you could go to colleges, countries, but they have a couple of deals, uh, course form, and it gives you red light, green light, yellow lights. You got course hit history. Um, according to fan share right now, out of the guys in the field, the top three guys, the only three guys with green lights with course history at this place, Patrick Reed, John Rahm, and Dustin Johnson, to keep that in mind. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can break down, and again, we'll get into that later. But just wanted to mention a couple of the new things over there at FanshareSports.com, is they're going to have a pretty crazy uh, 2019 of all these new additions to the website. You've been able to play with any of that yet, Jesse? Or are you just uh, still? I haven't. I haven't gotten over there much. I, I checked it out a little bit, and it looks like it's going to be pretty freaking cool. So I'm excited to to get into it and start checking everything out that they've got over there and uh, getting into golf again, man. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Like, I'm barely even at the tip of the iceberg there. There's all kinds of cool, like, different deals for the lineup optimizer, all kinds of stuff. So we'll definitely go and check it all out when it gets rocking and rolling. With that being said, though, let's get into the DraftKings. You get 34-man field. We can kind of pick our best plays. We can almost hit on everybody if we want, but probably don't need to hit on all of them. But uh, we'll stick at 10K and above for starters here. You got DJ at 11,000, the guy that just owns this course of late. Justin Rose is out. You got Justin Thomas at 10-5 and Brooks Kepka at 10-2. So three guys over 10,000. Jesse, how do you look at this three? Yeah. So one thing about this golf tournament, obviously 34 playing, um, ownership is not going to be spread out. Uh, so when you're thinking about ownership, and I know that's a, a usually a big question, is, you know, how owned is this guy going to be or whatever, you've got to – got to take a stance somewhere. I mean, unless you're going to max in or some stuff, then you can spread out your, you know, your, your ownership or you can spread out your exposures to a bunch of different people. Um, I do think that Dustin Johnson, it's, he's, he's kind of a double edged sword cause he's coming in with really not good form. He did not finish 2018 very well. Um, you know, he finished 30th at the HSBC champions. Most recently he did finish third, at the tour champion, uh, tour championship back in September, but he just had kind of a lackluster finish. He didn't really look that great at the Ryder cup. Um, so will that depress some of his ownership? I don't know. I mean, his course history is ridiculous. Like you just mentioned it, like he's the course history guy. So I do like Dustin, Dustin Johnson for that reason. I would really rather though go Brooks. Um, I think he can, he can just murder this golf course. He finished third here in 2016, 
last year he played here. He was 34th, but he, again, he was hurt because he, he, I think he met, maybe played one more and WD'd um, and then stayed out until the, or until after the masters and took like three months off and then just absolutely murdered everybody uh, by winning the PJ championship in the U S open. So Brooks is my guy up here. I just feel like, you know, this is, this is just like his type of deal. And like you talk about all the time, you know, he shows up in these big events. Big game hunter Brooks. I have no problem with that play at all. Cause even, you know, the big game hunting idea and finishing 34 last year. And yes, we've, we've documented it many times. He was, he was he probably shouldn't have played golf right then. Um, I think there'll be some part of him that wants to show he could play a lot better here. So I wouldn't be shocked if he plays well, all three of these guys are, are in play. Cause um, JT, he's like T22, a first and a T21 is three events here. The thing with JT, as we know, on no-cut events, he can torch courses like this. He can be a birdie and eagle machine. So it's something to keep in mind. I think out of these three guys, surprisingly, JT might be the lowest owned out of the three. Um, yeah, as, sure. as we go through the different list of guys, you know, usually in, in a small field, you can almost go balanced to get away with it, and, or you can go scars and scrubs. The scrubs aren't that attractive here. So it's going to be really interesting. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate to balance where you can maybe play these DJ Kepka, Thomas guys, maybe try to play around and get two of them. I don't know. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how the builds go. They're all three phenomenal plays. I like Brooks quite a bit as well. Uh, but if I want to be different, I think JT is the way to go if you're going all the way up top here. I, I agree with that 100%. Like I, I think JT will be the maybe the least owned of anybody besides Jason Day above 9,000. Um I think they probably will be lower owned than anybody else above nine thousand. But the next two we'll talk about are going to be are going to be chalky. JT is kind of the is kind of that pivot guy, and you know if he comes if he's been working on his game and he comes out firing, um, he is a past champion here. Um, so you know, and he's not been completely off. You know, he did play in October a couple of events uh, over in China or in Asia or whatever. So it's you know. It's kind of pick your poison here, but you know, last year looking at ownership, Jordan Spieth was ten thousand nine hundred. He was the highest owned player of anyone in in the uh, in in the whole field, you know. So, and he was also the second highest price. Justin Thomas was the highest price. So, it's hard to say, but I mean, you know, I think all these guys are going to be twenty percent, maybe twenty five percent plus. No doubt, not having Rose definitely hurts us there. Yeah. Uh, we got three guys in the nine thousands. We got John Rahm at ninety eight, Rory at ninety six, making his debut here, like I mentioned earlier, and Jason Day at nine thousand, who, who's played well at this course the last three times out here: T twelve, T ten, and T three, and coming in in pretty decent form. What do you like in the nine thousand range, Jesse? Well, I mean, obviously Rahm, we've we already mentioned him finished second here last year, coming off the win uh, at the Hero, so he's got the form coming in. He's got the history of you know being here last year or whatever. Um, so it, it, I, I think, but the, it, the issue is just, he's going to be highly owned. I, I do think that he will be 30, 35, maybe 35 or more percent owned. So do you want to take a stand somewhere and, and fade him and hope that he finishes bottom 15? I mean, that might be something you want to do, but uh, it's hard to when, when somebody's playing as well as he is. I don't really get necessarily the Rory chalk. He's the first time here. I mean, he just hasn't been that stellar, especially of late. You know, he played he's played a couple of events. He played in November. He finished twenty first at the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, whatever that is. HSBC Champions in China finished fifty fourth. I mean, 
you know, nothing too awful crazy. And if it's a putting contest, like if it matters if, that, you know, you have to be able to putt, can you rely on Rory? So I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, and Jason Day, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't get that price at all. I mean, I'm really surprised he's 9,000. I mean, he has top 10 here, what, three out of four tries. He finished 12th here in 2017 coming off an 11th at the champions. I mean, he might be the contrarian play of, of all of these guys up top here. I do not see a whole lot of ownership going to him. So if you want to take a chance at a big GPP, I would say take it with Jason day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rom, I think is a great play. I think he's going to be chalkier than chalk can be like your stomach might not handle it, but um, he, he's a phenomenal play at 9,800 bucks. Might not go too much more to that. He's uh, coming in good. And it's a guy when he his drivers off, well, he got a bigger fairway now. So, Definitely could play in Rom's hand. I think people love Rory because you can bomb it here. I think that's what they like him for. I, I'll sit and watch. So um, it's either John Rom or I like Jason Day as contrarian. Because, yeah, it, you'd imagine some of these guys in the 8K should be probably priced over Jason Day. But at the same time, he is coming up in decent form. Um, again, just like similar to Rom, obviously doesn't bomb it like Rom, but his accuracy off the tee is the issue. But he yeah. can putt. And right. that, that definitely makes Day a very, very interesting contrarian play. Um, in this field, he's coming in second and putting, small sample, obviously. But uh, out of this whole field, he's the second best putter in this event. So at $9,000, I, I think that's a very interesting play there with Jason Day. Um, Contrarian-wise, very, very nice. Now $8,000, got a little bit bigger group here. you got Bryson, who might be the chalkiest of the entire tournament. you got Webb Simpson, Molinari, Xander Schauffele, Patty Reed, Cam Champ, and Gary Woodland, a very interesting 8K range. What do you like here, Jesse? Uh, I, yeah, I mean Bryson. I do like Bryson quite a bit. Uh, and you know, in this range or whatever, he can he can make birdies. He defend, he has played here before. He finished twenty sixth there last year. Not great, but he's played it, so he's got a year under his belt. Um, and obviously, you know, really, you could. It's hard to. He's got three wins in his last five events. Uh, you know, I mean, in three, two of those wins were in just insane fields, you know, at the, the beginning of the PGA Tour playoffs. So um, I'll, I'll play Bryson and not really worry about how chalky he is. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot for this region. I guess Gary Woodland's okay. I'm interested to see how Cam Champ does this week. 8,100, like, is a lot for me to pay for him with some more proven guys below. Obviously, he can bomb it, but this is his like first legitimate field event. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to take a wait and see approach. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just really difficult for me to pay up that much. If he was at 75 or so, I think it would be a little bit easier to fit him in and, and not not be so worried about it. But what are you thinking on him? Yeah, it's tough because we just mentioned, you know, with Rom and Brooks and these guys that can bomb it. Um, and, he, again, you don't have to bomb it here, but it, it fits his mold very well. He's proven he's not just a bomber. He's one on sh- smaller courses and, and more accurate courses. It's interesting because if he's got his wedge working the way he can, we've seen him be putting really, really well early on in the season. He's not usually a great putter, but he's been putting really well, and he scores a ton of birdies. So. Yeah. At eighty one hundred bucks, it could be really interesting because it's going to be a birdie fest, and he's proven in some of these events. Yes, they're not loaded by any means. This will be his biggest, you know, competition so far. But you know, without a cut, he he could put a lot of birdies on that board. 
I agree. I mean, uh, I think he's risky. That's my only thing. And you know, if he's going to be, if he's going to be thirty percent owned, um, because everybody's jumping on him now, it just might be the time to fade him and, and just lose all your money because you decided to take a stand. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's how yeah, I feel yeah. like it's going to happen. Anyways, if I do that. It'll be interesting because Patty Reed right right next to him coming in in really good form. Uh, all his work on the Euro Tour, second on the Dubai Championship. He's played really really well here. His last three times, a T six, a second, and a first. Um, he always has a chip on his shoulder, and in a field like this, he's going to take it very seriously. Where some guys might be going, "Oh, cool, I got a four day you know golf excursion in, in Hawaii." You never know. Reed actually is going to want to win this damn thing. So he's very interesting. And then Gary Woodland at 8,000 surrounding champ. It's just Woodland's been coming in in really good form. Again, taking some time off, so determine that form as you wish. But uh, Woodland's a popular name, especially $8,000, because I think in the fall swing he was he's one of the, the better targets, and everybody got to really know him. And I, I could see him getting some, some big ownership. So it will be interesting between Reed, Champ, and Woodland to see where that ownership goes in that low 8K range, because I think there's a lot of arguments for all three of them. Yeah. Um, the other guys there in the 8K range, I'm kind of looking at, you know, I, I like Bryson a lot. I think Webb's a very good pivot because the way his putting changed all of last year, that could come in really big. His last uh, four events, a third, a T15, a T4, a T6 coming in here. He hasn't played this since 2014, though, where he T3'd. So he's played well here when he's played here. Again, not the biggest bomber in the world, but doesn't have to be. Uh, his T green game is very, very strong, and he's putting very, very well. So Webb at 85 could be a nice contrarian play. I, I like Bryson a lot, but could be a nice pivot off of Bryson as well. Um, and then Xander's the same same theory as Webb here. Xander's coming in in phenomenal form, a T8, a T16 in the first in his last three events. Played it last year for the first time, T22. You know, he can get off the rails at times, but overall, pretty good young golfer, 8300 bucks that I think is going to go way overlooked at this 8K range. It just seems to me like, too, like he does well in these – uh, more tropical type of environments, if you want to put it that way, because he plays well over in Asia quite a bit and uh, obviously won the HSBC champions over there most recently back in October. So, yeah, I was just actually getting ready to – I was looking at Xander and getting ready to see what you thought about him. So I don't mind Xander either. Yeah, I think Simpson and Xander might be your two ownership pivots in the 8K range. Obviously, in a field like this, all past winners, most guys before we get to 6K are going to be very usable. But uh, I think Xander and, and Webb can be very good pivots. I do like Bryson a lot. I think Pat Reed's a really good play this week. I like Woodland. And then Champ's the interesting one. So if you play the ownership game, it can be one of those wait and see on these. But um, there, there's a lot to like in this AK range. And that's also why I think people might try to go balance, thus making those five-figure guys not as crazy as they once were. All right, let's get into the 7Ks, where you got the likes of Paul Casey at 79, you got Bubba at 78, Leishman at 77, Cooch at 75, Aaron Wise at 75, Snedeker at 74, Keegan Bradley at 73, Chucky Three Sticks at 71, and Billy Ho at 7,000. I'll give you a couple real quick. I think Paul Casey is in a really good spot here at 7,900 bucks. Uh, he should be priced a little higher, in my opinion, because he had that, that rough go there with the back problems earlier. His last four events, he's T- T18 or better and all all of them. He hasn't played here in a long time, though, so keep that in mind. But uh, very good stuff with, with Paul Casey at $7,900. One of my favorite plays is Mark Leishman at 77, coming in in great form as well. Uh, he won over there in Asia, T18 in a second. He played here last year with a T7. If it gets windy, Mark Leishman can play that uh, very well in the wind. Those Aussies play really well in the wind. Um, if you remember that event in Asia, it was windier than hell, and he was just torching that golf course. 
So I think Leishman at 77 is a very, very good play, at least in my opinion. Uh, if you want to play the win narrative, Snedeker at 74 is also in play for you. And the other guy I like here is Billy Ho at $7,000. He finished the year really, really well. His ball striking, his T degree game was, was outstanding, and he was putting it pretty well. The events he didn't do as well as putter went to shit. But uh, T11 here last year, he's T6 here as well. I think there's a lot to like with Billy Ho at $7,000. When it gets to the lower price guys, I think he's got tremendous upside. So what I like here a lot is Casey, Leishman, and Billy Ho are the three guys I'm really targeting in the 7K range. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, uh, I definitely like Casey. I, I, I'll, I'll use him. Leishman is – so last year, um, Brennan Steele was the second highest owned guy on the slate, and he was actually the highest owned in the $1,500 by a lot, like he was sixty three percent owned there, but I mean, so thirty six percent owned in the uh, seven dollar like max one hundred fifty max or whatever. Um, so Brendan Steele was the second. Chalky's got seventy four hundred. I think that that will be Leishman this year. I I saw Fanshare today tweeted out asking if you know Leishman was the early chalk, and and obviously they've got their finger on the pulse over there as far as who's getting touted highly and all that kind of thing, and and it, it must be Leishman. So. I, I I see where you're coming from. Um, you know, that could be a, a a place to pivot, you know, if that's what you're looking to do and kind of get some lower ownership on somebody else. Uh Leishman would be the guy to go off of. But I see why everybody likes him too. He's in good form coming in. So it makes it makes sense to me. Um I do think Aaron Wise is, is interesting. I did see somebody say that uh basically that nobody's ever won their first time over here, but he's coming off a tenth, a fifteenth, and a fifteenth. His last three starts, um, the 10th was most recently back in just in November at the Mayakoba. So at 7,500, I think I could stomach him. And I don't know if you saw his pictures where he was, he's was he been working out. He jacked up. Dude looks big. Dude looks like yeah. he's ready to go. So uh, I think uh, Aaron Wise is, is, is a, a really good play at 7,500. Um, what about Charles Howell at 71? You got anything for him? It's interesting. You know, his last event he played and he got that big W. He hasn't had in a while. He hasn't played here in a long time, but he's he's played well at uh, at Sony, so he doesn't. It's not like Hawaii scares him. It's interesting with Chucky. Like he's not going to overly do it for you, but I guess you know if it was a cut event, I'd be all over him. I just don't know if he has enough birdies in him. Well, what I'm thinking is the correlation between like he always plays good on the West Coast. Yes, a lot of a lot of uh, Poa greens out there. Um, yeah, we true. got Poa greens in in Hawaii, so um, just wondering if there's if there's a correlation to that it might be something to look into you know if you've got uh fantasy golf national or whatever if you want to look at some polo stats or whatever and see how well he actually does put on polo that would be the thing that you, i would do you can do that on fanshare now too oh on fanshare okay all right fanshare's got it as well awesome um so either way you know maybe check that uh and see if that's actually a correlation or if he's just a early season guy that doesn't ever really put that great. Um, Billy Horschel I can deal with as well. Um, I'm with you on that. But so for me, really, it's going to be Casey Wise. Um, and I'm going I'm to look in a little bit more into Charlie. Three sticks there. And uh, I think he might be a potential like low-owned GPP dart type of thing. But It'll be extremely low-owned, so I don't, I don't hate that at all. Do you have any thoughts on Keegs at 7,300? Uh, I don't really ever have any thoughts on Keegan Bradley. <laughs> no, he did finish fourth year in 2013 and 16th in 2012. He's got good form, quote unquote, coming in. Um, you know, I, 
obviously he's a ball striker. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, can he putt average? Um, and he yeah. did for the latter part of last year. So I, you know, another guy who, you know, you might take, you know, if you're playing, you know, 10 lineups, you might take two or three with Keegan or maybe one. Yeah. You know. yeah I think like the Bradleys in the house could be good. Lower own guy, lower price, low own guys. Cause as we get in the six K range, it gets ugly. You got Kevin Nye at 6,900. You have Poulter at 68, Piercy at 67, Putnam at 66, Tway at 65, Garnett, Merritt, Kazire, Michael Kim, Adam, Andrew Landry, Kadire, and Ted Potter Jr. at $6,000. So there's a lot of ugly stuff here. Putnam, Tway, Garnett, Kim, Landry, and Kadire, first-time winners. So, yeah, what do you like down here? <laughs> uh, well, so there's a couple guys that I, that I, I can get behind. Poulter, um, yeah. I'm going to get behind Poulter just because he's my boy. Nobody yeah. else hates him. Uh, but he's my boy, so I'm gonna get behind him now. He's he finished ninth here in 2013, and and in 2011 he finished sixth. So he does have some course history, two top tens, coming off of 21st at the HSBC Champions. Um, you know, Tway I think is interesting. 6500, never played here before, but obviously had a really good fall swing where he got a win at the Safeway back in October. Um, Balmer guy who gets it out there, a guy who's showing up kind of high in my mall, and I think it's because he's traditionally puts well. Is is Troy Merritt? He finished 18th here in 2016. Um, he got his win at the Barbasol, which is, you know, a, a pretty – which is a second-tier event. It's, behind, it's the same week as the British Open this year. Um, and he hasn't really played that great since. But, you know, it's it, this is one of those tournaments where a guy gets a chance. So he goes out there, he just swings freely, and, he you know, his mind is clear, and he just goes out and plays really good golf for a week. And, you know, he could, he could finish pretty high. So maybe that's Troy Merritt. Um Obviously, you know, like I said, something worth checking into. Now, going back to Charles Howe, I'm actually looking at this right now. He's a little bit better on bent grass greens than he is POA, but he's he's still pretty good on POA greens. All right, for me in the 6K, Poulter, I'm with you. That's one of my favorite plays down here, which is, I guess, favorite of the 6Ks is Ian Poulter at 6,800 bucks. like that quite a bit. Uh, Piercy's interesting, coming in good form, and he can birdie it when he's on. And with wide fairways and everything – Piercy could be interesting at $6,700. Not in love with him by any means, but at this price range, he's a guy we've seen contend in like real events, not the Barbasol. Um, so though Piercy at 67 is a guy I could take a look at some more. And then, you know, you got guys like, I hate to say this name, Patton Kazire is playing okay right now, and he's played well in Hawaii. So I'm not going to hate on that at $6,200, almost the bare minimum. Um, it's not the greatest play by any means, but I don't completely hate it. Other than that, it's tough. Like your Troy Merritt thing, I get he played well here before. He, he can get birdies and bunches as well at 6300 bucks. so you could look that way. But I think Poulter and Piercy might be my two down here uh, if I need to go down here. But uh, I'd rather not. But if you're paying up, you're going to have to. So it's kind of where I'm at. Yep. All right. Uh, give me a couple of contrarian plays. We kind of we hit on them throughout the, the player pool, but uh, let's recap again. A couple of contrarian plays you think would be good targets. Oh uh, yeah, Day I think is going to be a good a good target, and also Aaron Wise. Yeah, a couple I, I mentioned are like JT just in that top area, and then Leishman and Webb are two contrarians I'm kind of looking at this week. Uh, I think a couple chalky guys you're looking at. Uh, I, th- I think Brooks will be chalky. Um, Bryson as well. Uh, those would be my two up top, and then you know if we get down further, I think I, I think Leishman's going to be chalky, so it'd be my lower. <laughs> We shall see. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I got DJ and Bryson as the as the shot guys for sure um, in that higher area. All right, who do you think busts? Who do you think just you know the higher price guys like maybe let's say eight k and above that just completely shits the bed? Yeah, it's obviously. I mean, what's the definition of shit in the bed? I guess let's finish in like maybe back doesn't into the ma- field. Doesn't, doesn't match up to the price basically. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I mean, I, I just I have to say, Rory. I just I have to see him before I believe that like he's figured it out and he's ready to go out and play some really good golf and be able to swing the flat stick. Yeah, Rory's mine as well. So we'll be unanimous on that one. Uh, early looks here. What's your like? Give me like a three man core that you like to build around this week. Yeah, Brooks, uh, Bryson, and 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 Wise will be my guys. Yeah, I'm looking at um, JT Woodland and Leash. That's where I'll be. Be starting with, but I like Brooks a lot, so it's 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 a toss up between JT and Brooks for me right now. All right, who do you got winning this thing? Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brooks. I'm gonna take the easy road. Okay, you took Brooks, so I'll get I'll go off the board here, and I'm gonna go with Mark Leishman. Ooh, I'm really sold on this guy. I really am. I like what he's doing, but it could blow stat. could blow up in my face completely. No, I mean I, I, he, he does have really good stats coming in. I, he's third in my model on here, so. In condi- conditions and courses like this, I, I really like him in these kind of deals. I'm with but you. We'll see. Like you said, I remember exactly the conversation on Brendan Grace last year. Now that you mentioned his name, I remember it completely. So no, no, um, you mean Steele, Brendan Steele, Brendan Steele. But then yeah. I remember one of these events was a windy course, and everyone wanted Grace. Yeah, I think that was maybe a like an Asian tour event because Grace has maybe. never won over here, and I don't think he plays the the Sony Open. But yeah, last year Brendan Steele was. Super chalky. Pat Perez at eight thousand was the third highest on Cam Smith at seventy six hundred was thirty two percent. Fourth highest on Kyle Stanley was sixty eight hundred. He was thirty one percent. So there was five guys over thirty percent. Um, you know, f- seven guys over twenty percent. Six guys yeah. over twenty percent. And as we say, when you're building your lineups, don't be scared to leave money on the table. Jesse's documented yep. that over and over again. Uh, we have one list, listener question for the week. Andrew Flaherty at Crown KC. That's K Crown KC. Uh, rough idea, Jesse. DJ and Rom's ownership. Um, I, that, I do think that Rom will be the chalk. Uh, I would suspect him to be thirty-five to forty percent owned. Um, I could see DJ being between, and I would consider this low between twenty and twenty-five percent owned. Yeah, I think that would be low for DJ. If if that's the case, I might pivot completely to DJ. Like in a field like this with twenty to twenty five percent only owning DJ, like in reality, if he shows up and gives a gives a rear end about this, he can torch this this course. We've oh, seen for it. sure. So yeah. it's it's like if it's only twenty to twenty five percent, it makes you really have to rethink things. <laughs> that's all I have to say. No, I'm with you. I mean, you know, and and that's you know that's obviously a lot of. That's a, that's a lot of people not using him. So, and the, and the thing with this is any no cut event we talk about all the time, you have to get the winner in order to really have any chance at any kind of good cash or even a min cash, most likely. Because unless the winner is just super like low owned in the single digits, if it's Ted Potter Jr., you'll be okay. If it's Ted Potter Jr., then we'll all need to rethink our process here. Yeah, um, we this might, is, we'll start Euro Tour next week. Yeah, this is um, one of the tournaments though where like most people realize to leave some money on the table. So not ever, but not like, you know, 80 to 90% are using, uh, you know, 47, 49, seven and above. So you have to really kind of get even dip more different if you're trying to miss the dupes, but 
34 guys. It's not like the hero last week. And the last thing I wanted to ask you, since we, we've already we, we covered the century, we're, we're over that now. That's going to be it's going to be fun to have golf and, and at night, you know, after football and everything, play that football. You can finish it up with some golf. Um, did you hear your boy Appy Barnright is joining the PGA Tour full time? No, I did not. I heard that, that this is, morning, and I heard you'd be very. I figured you'd be very excited about that. Oh man, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I, I had not heard that. I'm glad though. I'm very glad. Um, love to see him be able to lose. More money on him this year. That'd be great, I think. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the, the clouds of smoke all over the, the uh, United States terraces. That'd be great. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, he'd be out there just burning down and probably cussing in, in uh, whatever his native tongue is. And yeah, it'll be great, dude. Uh, he's awesome. He's a, he's, a, he's a fun golfer to watch. And I, I think if he gets on the PJ Tour and, and like has a more consistent schedule, he will get better and be yep. a really, really good golfer because – he can he can really stripe it. Yeah, no, and he, he, we've seen him play really well. It's just kind of the inconsistency. Cause like, just think about it: flying from to the U.S. to Europe, all over Europe to Asia, wherever he's all the time. It's kind of wear on a boy, especially a well, big the, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the Euro Tour itself is a grind because they're playing in Africa, they're playing in Europe, they play in Asia. Um, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of travel on the Euro Tour period. Obviously, you're doing that in the United States, but you're only flying from coast to coast. So you know, you've got you're not flying six, seven, eight hours one way. Yeah. So, sure. well, it's cool. I, I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Now we got another. You know, we, we have our pod to, as the the podcast keeps growing. This is this will be the start of our technically we're like one and a half seasons in. So this will be like the start of our our second full season on the tour, and yeah. um, it, it'll be pretty interesting. Cause, you know, we we embraced Paul Casey and we embraced Tommy Fleetwood. We had Molinari. Um, and it just keeps growing. There's more and more. Obviously, Tony Fina. Can't forget Tony. Um, but there, there, there's a lot that we embrace. And the barn rats, I know, is your boy, but it rubs off uh, the podcast. So, it does. Um, I'm for looking sure. forward to it. No doubt about it. All right. With that being said, we'll wrap it up this week. Uh, Getting follow Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm on Twitter at BD Intric. And the podcast is at Always Press DFS. One final thing I should have mentioned this at the beginning. I will mention it at the beginning header before we start the music to the podcast. You have a couple more days to sign up for the Junkies League. It is a ton, a ton of fun. Yep. Uh, Jesse, you got any details on that real quick? Yeah, it's just $50 for the season. Uh, you get into a uh, – you get added into a DraftKings League, then it's $3 a week. Um, you know, obviously there's payouts on DraftKings every week. And then the $50 goes towards the season-long payouts. Um, and then there's also segment payouts. And then there's also certain courses, certain tournament payouts throughout the year, majors and tough courses and that kind of thing. So – um, a lot of different ways to win some money. It's 50 bucks for the whole year. And then, like I said, $3, but we also have a free tournament we run every week. So if you don't want to pay the $3, you don't have to, you can still be in the season long deal and, and get points added for that. Um, so yeah, if you got any questions on that, or if you want to get in, hit me up or, uh, at Kevin's delight on Twitter, he's the, uh, he's the main man. I'm just the kind of behind the scenes kind of guy who, who does some things. So we just got done with our junkies football league. Um, we ran that this year for the first time. That was a good time. So I finished just outside the money, just like I normally do. Uh, that was great. But, uh, yeah, if you guys want, if you're looking for some more action, way to stay involved, it does keep you involved the whole entire year because you're grinding every, every week trying to, you know, trying to stay in it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you can try to – I'm going for the crown after last year's finish, so it's coming. And go uh, go follow at Junkies Contest. Also, tweeting out all the info on that. You'll get the scoreboard updates. 
But uh, Kevin just tweeted out, or Jesse did one of the two of you, the sign-up form, the rules documents, all the good stuff. If you have any questions after that, hit them up like you said. Yep. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Come join us. Uh, it, the entry fees, I believe, close Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Wednesday night, Wednesday evening, something like that. We just got to get the league. You got to get an invite to the league. Then you got to get into a contest. So we we have to close it, make sure that we get the league, the contest field, and yada, yada, yada. So Cool. All right. With that being said, we'll wrap it up. This was the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 Century Tournament of Champions. Catch you guys next week. Oh,